It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and this week for show number 102. For the week of March 5th, 2015, we have all kinds of fun lined up for you as we're taking you back to your childhood and bridging that generation gap as we are bringing somebody who is part of that new family tradition in Girl Meets World, and we are welcoming Cheryl Texera here to the show. Now, Cheryl, who is currently on Girl Meets World as Maya's mother, as well as It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and much, much more is going to be stopping in. She's going to be talking about what it's like being part of this new family favorite in Girl Meets World, being part of the fantastic acting troupe in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as well as her upcoming seminars, radio shows, and projects on the horizon. We have all kinds of fun as Cheryl's going to be stopping in and just chatting with all of you D-heads. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-team, and the D-team is a little bit light here this week as we're missing a good portion of them, but fear not, there is always team waiting in the wings for you, and you have questions and he has answers and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know and we also have that look back with what just happened within the Disney company with this week in Disney history with Nathan there's tons of news hot off the D-wire from downtown Disney Disney Springs Planet Hollywood, Disney movies, merchandising, and more. So before I officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from DVC members. And you can save up to 60% and state the best Vacation Club resorts like the Polynesian. And you can do that all by visiting DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, it is show number 102 for the week of March 5th, 2015. So, let's officially kick it off as we're gearing up for our special guest, Cheryl Texera, stopping in here. How else? By conquering the world. Be right back, all VD heads. I've been waiting for a day like this to come struck like lightning. My heart's beating like a drum on the of something wonderful face to face with changes what's it all about life is crazy but i know i can work it out cause i got you to live it
Trooper and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Hey, honey, what's for breakfast? Hey, honey, what's for breakfast? Disney Channel's Girl Meets World introduces the Matthews family. What do we have here? Chicken. This was never a chicken. <laughs> has a lot to learn from her parents. I've already met the world. It's your turn. And little brother Augie. Do you people realize that I'm only this many? While Cory and Topanga... You've just taught our daughter how to feel. I did that? I didn't mean to do that. ...have a lot to learn as parents. Look at the refrigerator. I don't know if It's should... beautiful. I think that's what you're supposed to do. I have no idea. Hang with the Matthews family. You're a good teacher, Dad. On Girl Meets World. Premieres Friday, June 27th, right after Zapped on Disney Channel. Hey, this is Cheryl Texera from Girl Meets World, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Sean will run for the hills. Run for the hills. Who says run for the hills? Run for the hills! Katie? That's what it says right here. Yeah. Hi. Hi. What'll it be? (laughs) 
Oh, me? I'll have some birthday cake. What? What kind of mom are you, Katie? What? Hey, unless your business with me is tuna melt meatloaf or pie, you can walk your nosy little butt right out of here. Who are you, buddy? My name's Sean Hunter. Whoa. What do you mean, whoa? You're the guy Maya doesn't stop talking about. The Matthews friend. You guys all went on a family weekend together. She had a really good time, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And if you ever question my motherhood again, I will smash a plate over your head. You know what, lady? You already don't like me, so I'm just going to keep talking, okay? Today is Maya's birthday. What are you doing here since first thing this morning? You're right. I don't like you at all. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. With this baby, we'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, LVD heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff of show number 102 for the week of March 5th, 2015, as we gear up for the one and only Cheryl Texera stopping in here at the show, who you may know as Maya's mother, Sabrina Carpenter's mother on Girl Meets World. She's also on It's Sunny in Philadelphia and many other places, and we are excited to have Cheryl stopping in here very shortly. We also have tons of things with the D team and many other things on the horizon. So before I officially kick off news here this week, hot off the D wire, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show and first and foremost you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com there you can find our full list of past shows the complete archives our latest news blogs our lifetime of disney player and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com you can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on facebook at facebook.com slash disney on demand you can friend us on facebook at facebook.com slash john diz that's j-o-n D-I-Z. And remember, you can join our brand new Facebook group as well, which is Diz Radio's D-Wire, the Disney Discussion Group. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and connect up with us right there as well. And remember, you can always get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, your tablets, and more, just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search Disney Blue, Disney On Demand, or Diz Radio, and you will subscribe subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your device to listen to enjoy and enjoy that lifetime of disney throughout your entire life with us so all vd heads with all the different ways to stay connected it is time to jump right into show number 102 for the week of march 5th 2015 by going through all the news hot off the deep wire and let's jump right into downtown disney and how about planet hollywood to transform orlando's flagship into star-themed Planet Hollywood Observatory as part of Downtown Disney turning into Disney Springs. That's right, Planet Hollywood, America's premier restaurant destination dedicated to celebrating the entertainment industry, is going to look toward a new set of stars by transforming its Orlando flagship location in Downtown Disney into a four-story stargazing observatory set to debut 
in spring of 2016. Now, regularly at the forefront of the industry trends, the reimagined Planet Hollywood Observatory is centrally located and will overlook the heart of downtown Disney with the newly expanded outdoor terrace and bar. Now, within the sophisticated entertainment emporium, patrons of all ages are invited to dine amongst the stars, as they put it, through a refreshed yet timeless menu, distinctive outdoor bar and lounge options, and an imaginative new merchandise line, as well as host of the all-star celebrity partnerships. Now, intensive renovations and artistic treatments are being spearheaded by the design firm Elkis Manfredi Architects and it's going to take place early next year and it's going to align Planet Hollywood Observatory with the all-new transformation of downtown Disney into Disney Springs. Now, Disney Springs is going to be a one-of-a-kind Disney experience, treating guests by day and night to exceptional dining, shopping, entertainment, and beautiful open-air promenades, flowing springs, and waterfront charm. Now, the observatory's exterior is going to share in Disney Springs' turn-of-the-century design with aesthetics, so the entire outside is getting redone for this makeover. Now, it's going to have stylish finishing that's going to create welcoming atmosphere for fans to celebrate a new generation of superstar entertainers with new dining, lounge, lounge options, and DJ performances, and many other things. As they have officially released, we are thrilled to be part of Disney Springs and transform our brand of Disney as it evolves with an exciting new venue, said Planet Hollywood International founder and chairman Robert Earl. With the new Planet Hollywood Observatory, we are refreshing our dining experience as we renew our commitment to the new rising stars of the entertainment industry as part of our core mission since its inception. Now, they're going to have a lot of great things with this. It's going to be happening in 2016, but if you want to find out more, you can always visit many of the Planet Hollywood websites websites as well as planethollywoodintl.com. Now moving right along here, let's get away from uh I guess Hollywood and Entertainment dining, but let's stay with Hollywood and Entertainment and how about Walt Disney Records presenting the Cinderella original motion picture soundtrack available coming up on March 10th. Yes, Walt Disney Records is going to release the original motion picture soundtrack for Cinderella on March 10th, 2015. Now the album is going to feature original music by Patrick Doyle, who also did Brave and Thor, marking the 11th time Doyle has teamed with director Kenneth Branagh. Now the score was recorded by Air Lindhurst Studio in in London, and it was performed by the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by James Sherman and produced by Maggie Rodford. Now, the film arrives in theaters on March 13, 2015, next weekend. Now, Patrick Doyle's longtime creative collaboration with Branagh began in 1989 with Henry V. Now, the film's song was awarded the 1989 Ivor Novello Award for Best Film Theme. Now, in 1991, they reteamed for Dead Again, and the collaboration continued on for many, many years, including Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Now, Doyle has scored over 50 international feature films, including Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Gosford's Park, Sense and Sensibility, Carlito's Way, A Little Princess, and many others. Now, in addition to the score, the soundtrack is also going to include end credit title tracks by Lily James, Cinderella, and Hella Bonham and Carter, who plays the fairy godmother, plus end credits of the original song, written by Patrick Doyle, performed by Motown Records recording artist Sana Rayleigh. And there's a lot of great things with this. I mean, it is really, really jam-packed. I mean, there is a slew of tracks on here from A Golden Childhood, The Great Secret, including Strong, performed by Sana Rayleigh, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, performed by Lily James, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo by Helen Barnum Carter, and many others. It is going to be a great, great soundtrack. Now, now, for those of you who have been in the dark with this, the story of Cinderella follows the fortunes of young Ella, Lily James, 
whose merchant father remarries following the death of her mother. Now eager to support her loving father, Ella welcomes her new stepmother, played by Kate Blanchett, and her daughters, Anastasia and Drizella. Now, we all know the story of Cinderella, and this is just one of the newest incarnations of Disney, bringing classic animated features to live action, and it is going to be great. I mean, it has a great cast. Now, the Cinderella original motion picture soundtrack will be available wherever music is sold, as they said, on March 10th, 2015. It is available for pre-order right now, and you'll be able to get it digitally on iTunes, as well as CD and many other places. If you want to find out more about it, you can find out more at Walt Disney Records at Twitter.com slash Disney Music, as well as Facebook.com slash Disney Music and Walt Disney Records official website. Now, pushing right along here, since we are talking about movies, how about Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast? And Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Neverbeast is the first direct-to-home release to be recognized with the Common Sense seal. Yes, Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Neverbeast is out on Blu-ray, Digital HD, and Disney Movies Anywhere this last week. Now, exclusively through Disney Movies Anywhere, you will find bonus features as My Dad's Movie, Hanging Out at the Premiere, where you can get a chance to hear from the director, Steve Loder's daughter, about helping her dad come up with the story and follow them as they attend their first screening of the movie. Now, the Common Sense Seal was created in 2014 to recognize quality media for families, something I am a big advocate for as well. The films are selected based on their potential to significantly impact families by presenting worthwhile themes, positive messages, and role models, and to have broad appeal across an age range. Now, the seal has been awarded seven times to such notable studios and independent films as The Book of Life, Big Hero 6, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, and many others. Now, Disney Movies captures the Disney magic of anywhere, and now with the Common Sense Seal, I think this is something that is going to really be great to just have something out there, even beside just having it for Disney. It's something that helps people really realize that we need family entertainment again. Not everything has to be dark or intense. I mean, just get back to having good, wholesome family entertainment. I mean, that is what we need. That is what... I, I, seriously, I think this is a great thing. If you want to find out more about the Common Sense Media, you can visit commonsensemedia.org and see just who has been awarded with it. But Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Neverbeast is the first direct-to-home release to be recognized with the Common Sense seal. Now, moving right along here, going from movies, let's go to the small screen. And how about Laura Morano getting ready for the final season of Disney's Austin and Alley? Now, that is heartbreaking for all of you tweens out there and all of you younger Disney fans out there and D-heads who watch the Disney Channel. Morano's first acting role was when she was five years old, and since then, she's worked for multiple production companies at the Stage Door Theater. She's appeared in numerous commercials and many other things like Joan of Arcadia, Huff, Medical Investigation, Ghost Whisperer, and more, and most recently, everybody knows her on Austin and Alley. Now, since she is preparing for that final season of Austin and Alley, where it is ending very, very soon because Disney does not like to go over a hundred episodes with any series, she has now since appeared in several episodes of the Sarah Silverman program, so you can get your Laura Morano mix there as well. She has an all-new Disney Channel movie out, and initially she was cast in the pilot episode for Sarah Silverman's program, Batteries, as the child version of Sarah Silverman. And the writers liked her so much they brought her back for many larger roles, as Sarah coaches to win a beauty pageant and many others. And she is becoming a regular on the Sarah Silverman show, and she is preparing for that final season by branching off into other, other roles. So if you're a Disney Channel lover or you have a, a child out there or a tween that, that enjoys this show as well, they better prepare because Austin and Allie is about to hit the road and Laura Morano is moving on. Now, Austin and Allie's final season returns Saturday, March 28th at 8.30 p.m.
Now moving forward, let's keep it with TV, but how about TV in the palm of your hand and Hulu? Yes, Hulu is picking up Disney Junior's Doc McStuffins. Now in a deal that brings Disney Junior's content to its streaming service for the first time, Hulu has acquired the exclusive SVOD rights to the hit animated series Doc McStuffins and Bunny Town. Hulu also picks up non-exclusive rights to Disney Junior original Handy Manny. Now rolling out this spring, all titles will be made available to stream commercial free within Hulu's kids section. Now all episodes of the first season of Doc McStuffins are going to be released with subsequent seasons made available to Hulu subscribers after the last episode of each season airs. Now all Handy Manny and Bunnytown episodes will also roll out on the online video site through a multi-year agreement. Now adding Disney content to Hulu marks a significant addition to the SVOD's kids programming lineup. Now this is Disney Junior's new way to really just keep parents engaged, you know, in keeping Disney Junior as fresh. Now the Disney Junior trio joins full seasons like Sesame Street, Wild Kratts, Wild World, and Caillou. Now as an exclusive SVOD home for Doc, Hulu is available to tap into the popularity of the top-rated Emmy-nominated series, which I have to say, my child loves as well, and you know, you may recall when we had Lammy, the voice of Lammy, here on the show as one of our past guests, it is a huge, huge show. Now this is something that is completely different, and in 2012, Netflix and Disney signed an industry first agreement making Netflix the pay TV home for all live action and animated feature films released by Disney theatrically beginning in 2016. Now, Netflix also has a deal with Disney to air shows like Disney Junior's Jake and the Neverland Pirates and Good Luck Charlie, as well as its platform in Australia. Now, since we are talking about animated things, let's talk about Disney's newest movie and Disney's Zootopia. Yes, Disney's Zootopia concept art has revealed all new Animal Kingdoms with their newest film. Yes, exactly one year from today, we'll be sitting down to the opening weekend of Zootopia, the next on-screen adventure from Disney animated films. Now, to celebrate that fact, the studio has revealed a new bit of concept art for Zootopia, showing off the story's unique setting. As promised, it looks like a natural habitat. Now, you can check out the Zootopia concept art all over the websites and also on the Disney site, and Zootopia takes place in a city built and populated by animals who live in various habitats. For example, polar bears enjoy karaoke in the tundra town, the desert animals enjoy the Dubai-like pleasures of Sahara Square, and small rodents scurry down the miniature streets of Little Rodentia, and rabbits reside in the Rabbit Transit District. Now, the various animal types don't tend to get along. However, the conflict basically boiling down to flat teeth versus sharp teeth. And when a fox gets framed, he's forced to team up with his natural enemy, a rabbit, who also happens to be a cop. Because again, these animals live in a human-like society. Now, Zootopia isn't intended to look like the human world, and it's distinctly animal in the way it looks from this concept art. It is a spin on current civilization, much like Planet of the Apes, and how they would make things work. Now, the concept art has a lot of great things with organic shapes, natural colors, and many other things. It almost looks reminiscent to the Walt Disney Studios Pictures, uh, you know, Cinderella icon logo that you usually see from a distance. So, Zootopia concept art is out there on the web and it is coming out next year. Now pushing right along here all of you D-heads, I want to keep news going here and I'll be back with even more news later but let's get back to Disney Channel once again and Disney XD for all of you uh, boys out there who love the action-packed Disney and how about Olivia Holt voicing Spider-Girl in Disney XD's Ultimate Spider-Man series. Yes, Olivia Holt is lending her voice to a new Disney XD character. The former Kickin' It and I Didn't Do It star is going to be voicing Spider-Girl in a brand new episode of Disney 
Disney XD's Ultimate Spider-Man series. Now, Olivia did reveal about her new role, I've got to voice a superhero, it's something I've always wanted to play, and some type of action hero, and I finally got the opportunity to do so with Spider-Girl. Now, as Disney is putting it, they're not releasing too much, other than Spider-Girl is making her debut on Disney XD's Ultimate Spider-Man, which proves to be a popular popular show with many boys and girls alike. Now, part one with this new character is airing on March 5th tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the description of the episode as Disney is releasing it is, when a goblin opens portals to an alternate world, Spider-Man must team up with an, with an alternate version of Spider-Man to stop him, including a future version from year 2099 and Spider-Girl. Sounds fantastic to me. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to just take a break here, release the reins to a little bit of the D-team here, as you have questions and he has answers, and Aaron is going to answer all those questions with I Want to Know, and we have more coming up from the D-Wire, tons of news, and a look back at what just happened this week in Disney history with Nathan and many other goodies lined up here at the show, including building up for our special guest, Cheryl Texera from Girl Meets World, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, stopping in here as well. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com, where you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from DVC members. And you can save up to 60% and save that money by staying at the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, all the best Walt Disney World resorts and save up to 60% by purchasing those unused Vacation Club points directly from Vacation Club members. And do what else? Spend the rest of the money on souvenirs. Just check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to have some tunes here. I'm going to release the reins to Aaron from the D-team, and I'll be back once again with even more news hot off the D-wire as we gear up for Cheryl Texera and D-team member Nathan later on in the show as well. So I will be back, all of you D-heads. Let's take it away, D-team, and uh, I'll be back, all of you D-heads. When the crowd wants more, I bring on the thunder Cause you got my back and I'm not going under You're my point, you're my guard, you're the perfect chord And I see our names together on every billboard We're headed for the top, we got it on lock We'll make them say, cause there's no stopping us When we hit the same but different We're never gonna quit and we'll keep rocking There's no way I can make it without you And it's taking us higher Yeah, we got my flow And we're blowing it up All our fans are gonna scream Cause they can't get enough We're headed for the top We got it on lock We'll make them say Cause there's no stopping us When we hit the same but different We're never gonna quit And we'll keep rocking Oh, there's no way I can make it without you Do it without you Be here without you Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no stopping us yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on rocking with you. You keep on rocking. It's a comet, a sight strange and rare. Take heed, and you'll know that before the dawn breaks, deep down in the darkness, something awakes. Hey, did you guys see that comet last night? No, but did you see that big green ball of light that flew by? An ancient tale tells of a mysterious comet. And with it comes a legend. Hello? that is about to be unleashed. What are you? Well, that was interesting. Did you hear that roar? Was it like this? No. <laughs> no. Vaughn! <laughs> yeah, if you hear that one, run. The fairies will spread their wings and risk everything. You're up to something. Who, me? You definitely are. I know that look. I invented that look. To change the fate of Pixie Hollow. Okay, okay, just try not to scream. <gasps> Shh, I'm not screaming. I'm gasping. And make a friend for life. I thought you said the legend wasn't real. Technically, I said he's not what they think. This might be a threat to Pixie Hollow. What will you do if you find it? My job. Come on! Have I ever put you guys in danger? Yes. <laughs> I still can't sit up straight. Does this look like the face of a dangerous predator to you? Fawn's just got a big heart. That's all. Let's move it out! For once, my head and heart, they're actually telling me to do the same thing. Disney's Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Neverbeast. It's like you're a cross between Didelphus Marsupialis and Bison Occidentalis. It spits. Ew, my skin is gonna break out. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. <laughs> and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone's making it through winter. Arkansas has decided to cram all its winter weather into a three-week period, so we've been getting more than our fair share of snow and ice. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. 
Our first question is from Robert Granville of North Carolina, and he writes, Aaron and the team, great fireside chat show. I loved hearing y'all interact with each other. I think it was special because it isn't something you do all the time. Great job. So that brings me to my question and the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I heard Mark mention that the one in Florida was the only one with a fifth dimension. Can you tell me more on it? I couldn't find anything. Your D-Head listener. Well, I'm glad you liked the fireside chat. It was a lot of fun. But now to your question. This is one of my favorite attractions. Florida's version is the original version of the ride, and it opened July 22, 1994. The fifth dimension scene occurs right before the drop begins. The doors open to what at first looks like a maintenance room, but slowly transforms into a field of stars. The elevator car emerges horizontally from the lift shaft and enters a section of the ride called the fifth dimension, which is a bizarre collection of sights and sounds and star fields, again in the style of the television show's opening sequence. A rendition of the Twilight Zone opening sequence plays throughout. The scene ends as the elevator reaches another star field, which splits and opens much like elevator doors. The elevator enters another vertical shaft, this one pitch black. Serling's voice is heard again, saying, You are about to discover what lies beyond the fifth dimension, beyond the deepest, darkest corner of the imagination, in the Tower of Terror. And then you drop. What a great ride. Well, our next question is from Martin of Chicago, Illinois, and he writes, My question is about Gravity Falls. I hear you and Jonathan speak highly of this show, so I gave it a try. I am hooked, to say the least. I am confused on the ciphers used, though, for the codes at the end. Once I think I have it, I realize it is a different one. Is there an easier way to know which one to use, and just how many are used? Well, as you know, I do love this show. I especially love the hidden messages at the end and throughout the show. The show uses several ciphers for the hidden messages. All I can say is thank goodness for my DVR because I am constantly pausing and rewinding the show. Here's a list of the cryptograms from Gravity Falls. They use Caesar ciphers, Atbash ciphers, A1Z26 ciphers, and the Keyed Visionaire ciphers. Let's see, episodes 1 through 6 use the Caesar cipher, episodes 7 through 13 use the Atbash cipher, episodes 14 through 19 use the A1Z26 cipher, episode 20 uses a combined cipher, which is a combination of any given cipher, and episode 21 to present uses the Visionaire cipher. There's also an author's symbols substitution cipher used in journal 3. The symbols are hidden on many of the pages throughout the journal. There's also some number codes. But to make it easier, there's a great website, Gravity Falls Wiki, to help you with the decoding process and everything Gravity Falls. Well, our final question is from Emily in Indiana, and she writes, I just adore your show. I always feel like you're talking to me directly. I had a question about the Enchanted Tiki Room. I know there were two versions, and currently they say it is the original show. I grew up with the Under New Management Edition, and from what I read, this new 
show is shorter, so it isn't really the original show. So what is missing because I cannot figure it out. Thank you for the help. Well, I'm sorry you had to grow up with the Under New Management Edition because the original show was so much better. This has always been a great place to escape the heat for a while and enjoy a fun show. The original version at Walt Disney World was called Tropical Serenade. The original pre-show has returned. The newest version omits the central fountain and a sing-along song and one of the long Offenbach numbers that a lot of guests never really liked. The show now lasts about 10 minutes. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Buenos dias. Buenos dias and caramba. Up here I am. Up here in this here teepee canoe. I have a few thousand things in my feathered brain to tell you about Walt Disney's enchanted tiki room. First of all, right here below me, like underneath, wake up down there. Right here below me is the magic garden. This is where you can sit down on your tail feathers and rest the rest of you. And then you go inside, see, inside to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. It is the most amazing show in Disneyland. It is 17 minutes in all. The birds tell jokes, the flowers sing, the tiki's chant, and my cousin Jose, he whistles and he croons, me, my, la. <laughs> excuse me, sir. Quickly, quickly, take your time and hurry. Get your tickets to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. And it is air-conditioned. Oh, excuse me. I am allergic to feathers.
Davis and their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Korean War. Genghis Khan. What? I just wanted to see what would happen. Hello, Corey Matthews. I am so sorry for interrupting. No, no. Nothing to forgive, Katie. Class, this is Maya's mother, Katie Hart. Mom, what are you doing? It was yesterday. Oh, yesterday, I was unable to attend your little job fair. Come your day. Yesterday, I was trapped in my vehicle in the Russian floodwaters of the mighty Colorado River. <laughs> to make matters worse, I just found out I was about to have a baby any second. So, I crawled myself through the sunroof and I said... Let's do this thing. <laughs> then I commenced to deliver my own baby until finally I heard that wonderful, magical sound. Soap opera. She was auditioning for a soap opera. Can you believe I didn't get it? Yes. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back once again, and thank you, Aaron, for stopping in. All of you D-heads always have questions, and he always has the answers. Remember to drop in on the line and email him those questions. There is no question that is too hard or too easy. Just email him those questions, Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with him right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. But drop him a line, shoot him those emails, and make it happen, all of you D-heads. He loves answering all of your questions. Thank you, Aaron, once again for stopping in. So, all of you D-heads, as I mentioned, we have Cheryl Texera stopping in here at the show very soon as she's going to stop in and talk about Girl Meets World, It's Always Sunny, her acting seminar, and many other things on her horizon. And we also have Nathan from the D-Team stopping in with This Week in Disney History. So, we have all kinds of things coming up here at the show. I am excited. So, let's just jump right back into news hot off the D-Wire. And how about Disney fans petitioning to make Artemis Fowl a movie? Yes, fans of the best-selling Artemis Fowl children's book series are petitioning at Walt Disney Studios to launch a film franchise based on the novels. Now, the petition, currently sitting at just over 3,000 signatures, hopes to generate at least 10,000 to show Disney that there is an interest in this franchise, which a studio snapped up years ago, but has put an end to all development since it has been in development hell ever since they took it over a few years ago. Now, in the intervening time, of course, Disney has acquired Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, and a library of family-friendly blockbusters that they're making, like Cinderella, and they had uh, Maleficent, and many others. So they might just look at Artemidas Fowl as, yeah, well, we really don't need it. But as you can see, they are adamant about bringing this to the screen. As you can see the full message on Artemidas-Fowl.com's website, it says, We don't know about you, but we are also very excited about the prospect of a movie franchise. Many of us have been waiting 14 years for this since the very first book graced the bookshelves across the world. However, due to rights disputes, delays, scripts, and all manner of developmental hell... The movie has been delayed, delayed, and delayed once again. Well, we have decided to try something new in Artemidas Fowl Movie Petition. 
We're aiming for 10,000 signatures, at which point we'll deliver the petition to Disney. So sign the petition, share it, encourage friends, tweet about it, and more, and let's make this movie happen. I myself have never read the book series, so I'm not sure, but I'm sure that, you know, if everyone is very adamant about this and it's been around, I'm sure with the likes of Harry Potter and many other franchises, I mean, it probably could be something very big for Disney to sit on, but hopefully, hopefully, they reach their petition goal and maybe Disney makes a movie. Now, moving right along here, let's get back to the parks and something that happened earlier on this last week in fire striking near Disneyland's Small World. Yes, local firefighters extinguished a fire within 30 minutes, according to visitors at the park. Now, the damage appeared to be confined to a tree next to the attraction, as well as some of the construction tarp on the front of the attraction itself. Now, the Small World ride facade is undergoing refurbishment and has been covered by construction tarps for the last couple of weeks. Now, last November, fireworks in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World Resort sparked a fire on top of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train attraction, and now it seems that this fire, once again, is being assumed that it happened from fireworks as well. Now, in both cases, no injuries were reported, and the Mine Train reopened later that evening. And even though Small World was closed for some time, it did reopen later that evening as well. But once again, I mean, seriously, two firework incidents in one year really does make it seem... I mean, it really does bring some concern that it happened, but at the same time, Disney is very diligent getting it out. You know, in the fire on Small World, it really didn't impact the ride. It didn't ruin anything, and, you know, everyone's riding the attraction again, and I'm glad that nobody was hurt in the incident. Now, moving right along here, since we are talking about the parks, let's go back to something from 2009, and everybody is looking at me like, why 2009? Why would we go back? to 2009 well let's talk about a youtube video that's drawing all new fresh speculation on an all new thread yes so is the haunted mansion really really haunted you knew i was gonna go there all of you d heads and how about spooky new footage showing ghosts playing in disneyland after hours now maybe something slipped out of disneyland's haunted mansion nobody knows but there's one explanation for the video of a happy haunt playing around after hours in the park surveillance footage now as the footage suggests the ghost is able to walk across grass and sidewalks without tourists in the way now this footage was released in 2009 and just recently now it is gaining that re-interest again as many disney things do over over the years i myself i don't think there's a ghost floating around i just had to bring this one up because i'm sure many of you have seen it and it's nothing new this has been around since 2009 with this ghost footage and it is amazing that it is now getting new steam once again as new news and everybody talking about it again it's it's baffling me that now all these years later almost six years later it's getting uh, news again but what are your thoughts do you think it's haunted I myself would like to just imagine that maybe it's Master Gracie walking around, but the Disney team doing something just to raise some speculation. So pushing along here in news, like I said, there is news hot off the D-wire here, and I want to give you a couple DVD and Blu-ray releases. Since we are missing some of the D-team here, how about I get into some Blu-ray and DVD releases, and how about this last week on March 3rd, you had Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Neverbeast that did get released on Blu-ray and DVD. On March 17th, we have 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches, London, Adventure, that's coming out on a special edition Blu-ray. And on March 24th, the wonderful award-nominated Into the Woods coming out on Blu-ray as well. Those 
those are just a couple of releases for March coming up. Once again, it's Tinkerbell and The Legend of the Never Beast. March 17th is 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. And March 24th with Into the Woods. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I am going to end news here. I'm not going to go too much more news. We do have more things coming up very shortly. We have Cheryl Textera stopping in here. And she's going to stop in and talk about Girl Meets World, It's Always Sunny, her acting seminar, and many other things. And we also have a look back at this week in Disney history with our DT member Nathan. And he's going to take a look back at what just happened within the Disney company this last week. So there's all kinds of fun things on the horizon, much, much more. So I'm going to release the reins for a bit. And next time you hear me, I'm going to have Cheryl here in the studio. And we're going to be talking about many things from your childhood with Boy Meets World the new generation with Girl Meets World and maybe some Danny DeVito, some acting seminars, and you never know where the conversation's gonna go. So with that said, I'll be right back, LVD heads. I'm gonna get something to drink and uh, enjoy the show as we continue on with show number 102 for the week of March 5th, 2015. Look for the bare necessities the simple bare necessities forget about your worries and your strife i mean the bare necessities or mother nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life wherever i wander wherever i roam i couldn't be fonder of my big home the bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. You look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. When you pick a pawpaw or prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw, next time beware. Don't pick the prickly pear, my paw, when you pick the pear, try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Try to relax in my backyard. If you act like that bee, you're working too hard. Don't spend your time just looking around for something you want that can't be found. When you find out you can live without it and go along not thinking about it, I'll tell you something true. The bare necessities of life will come to you. 
necessities of life will come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities, that's why a bear can rest in. We're just the bare necessities of life. We're just the bare necessities of life. Hi, this is Bruce Reitherman. I was the voice of Mowgli in the Jungle Book, and you're listening to Disney On Command. Yeah, man. Ah, yes, the Farkle. Why are you wearing a waitress outfit? Anyone else? Yes, the pretty young man right there. Yeah, thanks. Um, why are you wearing a waitress outfit? My dad says actors are just a bunch of people who never grew up. <laughs> what does your dad do? He's a director. <laughs> is he? Well, I'm sure your father never gave me a job either, which is the real reason I wear this outfit every day. Well, I'll just be going. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those that you see on the small screen, as well as many other places. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to all of you that watch the Disney Channel. You may also know her from great shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Girl Meets World, and many other things. We have actress here actor, teacher, and many other areas that we're going to explore. We have none other than Cheryl Texera with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, you know, you have had your hands in so many fantastic shows and all over, I guess. But the one thing that all of our listeners know I'm going to ask, and I always start this every every guest that we have on, is what led you down the road of acting? <laughs> Uh, well, I, okay, so my whole thing is I always knew that I wanted to be an actor. I was, like, six years old watching Annie and singing along with all of the songs, and that's just always what I wanted to do. And um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, there aren't really many other – there are no other actors in my family at the moment, <laughs> so no one really <laughs> led me down whichever path I was supposed to go down. So I just kind of jumped into any plays that I could get my hands on, so any school plays and then – I went into high school, and then there were a couple um, regional theater shows that I that I got into after high school, and then I was in college, and then at that point, I opened up a theater company, and I started auditioning down in the city, and then fast forward to, you know, I, I got on So You Think You Can Dance and came out to L.A., and it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm here. I may as well kind of stick it out. <laughs> So here I am. <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, it was nothing where it was, uh, you know, sometimes it's the family tradition. You were just branching out on your own, and this is something that has now uh, led that path. And was it one of those things where once you were you were out there and you said, let's see what happened, you just, you had the bug, and you were like, this is, all right, this is it. I, I love this. This is kind of a high that I enjoy. Um, no, like, I always enjoyed it. Literally, when I was six, I would perform monologues for my parents, and, like, in front of a mirror in the bathroom, I would just lock myself in and sit on my sink and just perform, like, improvised monologues. Like, I would, I would cry in front of a mirror just because I love <laughs> the dramatics. Um, 
Yeah. So, it, no, the the high of performing, that's, that's always been. It's just part of my DNA. So, yeah, it, it wasn't like, oh, I tried it out, and then I kind of figured. It was very much like, I want to do this. I'm going to find a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and looking at your resume, you've been part of so many different things, and of course, our Disney fans. So, you know, I'll touch base upon that first right away. And Girl Meets World. Now, is that the kind of show? Is that the kind of show like you know myself? I'm, you know, I believe we're comparable around same age. Is that the kind of show where you grew up watching it as well? Of course, yes, dude. TV, I asked. <laughs> so when I was came, I, I, yeah every Friday night I was I was tuning in yeah well you know and then so when it came time for Girl Meets World and this uh, I guess spinoff series um, you know is that something that uh, I guess how did that come about did you uh, was it just open casting or was it something uh, you know just how did that come about where now uh, you, you know you're gonna be uh, remembered on this show especially for the the newer generation out there oh um. Yeah, the, I had just signed um, with my agents at the time, and it was, like, one of the first auditions that I went on. And, um, yeah, and it, it, it worked out. I was very open to the process, and it was it was <laughs> such an interesting audition because Michael Jacobs just kept throwing, um, like, different direction at me and throwing out, you know, different scenes to do. So it was very much very much on my toes in the audition room and it was which is great um and it, it was it was interesting because all of all of my uh scenes were done directly to the camera usually you have a reader in um in an audition where you you react right off of the reader but for some reason i mean i still don't know why they had me do it that way but i guess maybe looking at the tape like looking back it's easier i don't know but it was interesting and it was so fun and yeah and then I got it. Well, you know, and being part of that show now is, you know, Katie Hart and, you know, being Maya's mother. Um, I guess, how does that feel being part of, you know, one of the main characters, you know, uh, parents in the show and, uh, you know, how it's continued to evolve? You know, I, I do have to say, you know, looking back at, at uh, some of your appearances on there, I do I do love uh, how you portray that character as this, you know, struggling mother. At the same time, you want to be an actress, you want to provide, you just, uh, you know, I guess, uh, how do you just uh, tackle that kind of role that is now going to be very memorable as an integral role of the series? Thank you. Um, that's awesome. I uh, how well okay. I feel like there there were a couple questions in there, so I'll tackle all of them. Um, <laughs> so um, how how do I feel about it? I I think it's awesome. I I love love love. I personally I love everybody in the cast, but it's awesome to be Sabrina's mom just because she's just she's just a great person, and the entire cast is really wonderful and so supportive. The role has really evolved, and I think that she's still evolving. I think that they're still, like, very much adding layers to her storyline and layers to her character arc and everything. Because even just from the introduction of Katie to the the episode that, that just recently aired, I mean, there's such a, there's such a difference in simply that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. She, she is an actress, and she obviously, when she was introduced, you know, to the show in the classroom. She was very much over the top. And she was all about, like, performing this very dramatic, over-the-top monologue, which was really fun because it kind of, it touched on, like, my sketch comedy, which I enjoy. But then Michael Jacobs is really great 
at keeping the realism to the story, which is very much what Boy Meets World had as well, where it's, yes, it's a half-hour comedy, but it's so grounded. And that's, my character has a lot of that, where it's like there is the struggling parent and there is the storyline of, I don't want to say it's a broken home, but there's definitely like, there's a lot to be explored there, like the relationship between, um, between Katie and Maya and stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting and, and I'm excited to, I'm excited for your thoughts on what's coming up and, and everything like that. So. Well, that answers many questions, and I'm sure many of our listeners out there uh, are going to ask uh, a, another big question, of course, is, you know, how is that going to spin where they uh, really wanted to bring uh, Katie and Sean together now? Because that seemed like there was a, uh, it has some future story arcs that could happen. What was it like, you know, as they were kind of hinting towards that, but at the same time bringing you two together in that uh, monumental episode, I'll say. Yeah. Um. What was it like? I mean, it was great. It was so fun working off of Ryder. I feel like our... Our dialogue and our scene was very like it was like a ping pong match, just very much back and forth. Um, I don't I don't quite know how much I can talk on about what's going to happen, um, but I mean there there have definitely been articles out that have kind of hinted at certain things. I'll say that. Well, you know, and working with the cast, like you said, you know, working with Ryder and everybody else, and how you love the cast, you know, Sabrina Carpenter, and you know, just so many great people in there. Is it like one big family? Rowan, Ben, yeah, Rowan, Ben, Danielle. I mean, seriously, everyone. Corey, Peyton, uh, it's yeah, Augie, the just everyone is amazing. And in working with Michael Jacobs, the one thing that, you know, Michael Jacobs is known for that I felt, you know, every show that he has ever been behind just had that level of something that for each generation brought that level of story and bonding and something that kids could relate to. And I'm so glad that he was able to bring something back for the the new generation out there. And being behind this, do you feel that this story is is the same thing? You know, it brings that level of something that's wholesome and at least guides people in a positive direction? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like people have commented on that. I think it's a different generation, though. And I think that he's writing to the new generation while at the same time entertaining, you know, our generation. You know, everyone who wants to see, like, well, what is going on with Corey and Topanga? Um, yeah, I, I think he's doing, um, a really wonderful job in, in really balancing both because it is, it can be difficult, but I almost feel like the way he's doing it, it seems almost effortless, really. Cause I'm, I'll watch the show and it's so, it's so fun. And I've had friends of mine who are now parents, um, whose kids are huge fans of Girl Meets World, and they love watching it because they were huge fans of Boy Meets World. I feel like that's such a rarity, and I don't really know of another show that has done that, that's really been able to kind of cross that bridge. And I think he's doing a great job. Definitely. You know, and, and I have to agree with that. There are There's this generational gap where they're passing it on to their children and sitting down and watching it. And it really adds that level. Now, uh, you know, with the set, you know, before we move on to some other things here and Girl Meets World and being there, um, you know, we know that everybody is always one big family. Is there ever any hijinks or stories or things that happen off air that you're just always going to leave that memory in your head forever and some fun times? Oh, God, I mean, oh, man, off the top of my head. <laughs> 
there are so many. There's a, okay, there's there's this one. There's always candy on set, which is it's. it's I know that that may not be. It may not sound that that interesting, but there's literally candy almost everywhere. If you like open drawers randomly, there's like Snickers bars, like all for pretty much anyone, like for the taking. So I thought that that was really cool and very interesting, and I heard that they did that on Boy Meets World, and they kind of brought it over. So I thought that that was fun. <laughs> well, you know, and, and pushing along here, you've done a lot more than just boy, uh, Girl Meets World and, you know, reminiscing about Boy Meets World and all that kind of fun stuff. You've done many other things. And, of course, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where, you know, you were Jane, you were Jane Ponderosa back in 2010, and now you're reprising that again. What is it like uh, coming back to this show? How crazy. Oh, my gosh. When I when <laughs> When they called me to come back, I literally like spun in a circle. I was, it was so amazing. It was such a high. Um, it was awesome to come back. That cast is so friendly and fun. Like they really embrace you, just kind of like you're part of the family. If you're in an episode, you're part of the world. Let's do this, you know? And they just really, you know, you jump in and I mean, they're incredible with improv, as I'm sure you know. Um, so, yeah, and, and the scene that I did for this this episode that's coming up, you know, it was like Danny DeVito was in there and, and Caitlin Olsen, and it was just so amazing. Glenn Howerton, and it was really just incredible, like, hearing them banter back and forth and just literally just ping-pong off of each other, being on top of each other's lines. It was wonderful and fun so you know i guess coming back like that too and knowing that you've did you know did this role that was almost five years ago um did it feel just like you jumped right back into the saddle no panic is what it was with me (laughs) oh my god because i was literally like okay well i mean it's one of those things at least for me this is where like my anxiety as an actor comes in it's like how much do i how much, how many questions do I ask about my character? Or how much do I just, as an actor, you, you take on, this is your responsibility, it's your role, and you put out there what you can. Um, no, I was totally, I was totally panicked because it was like, well, I mean, they've been moving forward and I know that, you know, Bill Ponderosa, my husband had been in other episodes and I was like, what's his storyline and stuff like that. So it was, but the scene itself was kind of, contained in that I had, like, I obviously knew my point of view, and I knew how I still felt about B, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but definite, like, oh, God, like, you just, it's like, it's like all, it's, it's almost like being invited back to a party, the beauty of being an actor. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where, you know, fans of many of these shows and fans of It's Always Sunny are going to, you know, they're going to get their their peek in again. They're like, there's Jane once again. So you know that they're always going to love it and they're going to remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's I guess that that's kind of that is that's a very healthy way to look at it. OK, I'll do that from now on. <laughs> There's nothing nothing out there beats the loyalty of fans of a series and they will always remember every single time Jane has arrived. So, you know, you you'll always have that fan base. No matter how scared you are on the set, they're gonna always embrace you with big open arms. That's right. Now, I guess in looking at, you know, shows like It's Always Sunny and Girl Meets World and many other shows that you've been part of as well, you know, you've been, you know, Raising Hope and Mike and Molly and many other shows. Uh, What is it like when you go to many of these different sets? And are there any shows that you look back and you're like, wow, I I was a part of that or any show that you you still want to really just be a part of, even if no matter how that's getting involved? Well, I mean... 
obviously, like, obviously, the girl meets world is incredible. Um, I would definitely say it's always sunny. It really feels like, wow, I, I got to be a, a part of that just because I was watching it before I got on the show. So it was very, it, it was different. It's, it's kind of, it's fascinating. And for me, the fact that I got to work opposite, um, opposite Melissa McCarthy in Mike and Molly, that was, I mean, it was a very quick role, but I, I admire her. So. That was incredible. Well, you know, and, uh, you know, aside from just doing, you know, network TV, you also, you know, back in 2012, you know, had a Crazy Chick Productions and, of course, your YouTube series, Confessions of a Bittersweet Actress, which was nominated for an independent television award. How did that come about? Because, you know, you know, having a YouTube station that, you know, nomination as well. I mean, that is uh, that is huge, you know, in terms of the uh, the way social media works now. Thank you. Oh, gosh, right? It's, I mean, social media is its so much a part of our life. Um, yeah, oh, well, um, the series the series happened when, you know, I, was, I just kind of hit, you know, I felt creatively stifled, and I had all these stories. I mean, being an actor, are you an actor? Do you, like, do you, do you act? No, I don't. Um, I, I wish I could, but I don't think I'd be very good at it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I was just curious because it's, it's just really fascinating. You have so many stories. I mean, you're constantly putting yourself out there, going on auditions, going on interviews. Um, and it's almost like it's, it's a comedy bit that writes itself. So I had this idea, and I threw it down on paper. And I got really lucky because a PBS soundstage um, offered up their space for us to shoot it at. And um, I had my, my producer, Peter Marr, and my husband also produced it, Ryan Demery, and he did the music as well, um, that we just created this sketch comedy show. And we, um, we filmed uh, 14 episodes over the course of four days, four 14-hour days in this, in this space. And then we, um, we, you know, we started putting it up, and it got a really great response. So I submitted it to the Independent Television Festival, and it got in. And it, that was um, up in Vermont uh, last summer. So it was incredible. It's so surreal how this, it, like, little, it's like this little idea kind of can manifest into this incredible thing. So, oh, Do you look back and are you amazed a lot of times at just how many people embrace this and listening to these stories? Because like you said, there there's a lot of fun, different stories and things that happen and ways to share this with people. Uh, did it catch you off guard at how how much people really embraced it? Yeah, I mean, it certainly can. Absolutely. It's, it's nice when people, um, it, it's always nice if people resonate with any type of work that you do. And especially not only if they resonate with it, but if they're willing to share <laughs> with you the fact that, that they responded to it and that, um, they could relate. That's always, I mean, that's amazing. That's what, as artists do, you want to share stories that actually will touch people and affect them. In, in a certain way and will, like, trigger some sort of emotional response, something. Um, so it's always, always. Definitely. You know, and speaking of that, too, like you said, triggering that emotional, you know, response. And, uh, you know, many of that comes back to being an actress. And you're actually going to be uh, hosting a seminar as well to, you know, build a strong professional acting career. Um, how did that come about where you wanted to go ahead and, you know, show people, you know, I guess, help people, you know, break into this industry in ways to help them grow and learn and expand, you know, their selves? That is so cool. Thank you so much for just plugging that. I really appreciate that. Um, 
So yeah, I'm. Um, well, I'm, I'm. So I'm doing. I'm doing a seminar with Stage Thirty Two called The Business of Acting. And if you check out, if you check out my Twitter, there's actually a link to it. I, I put a post up about it. And you can also just check out the Stage Thirty Two dot com website. Um, it came about because part of part of my journey has been so much of trial and error, so much of figuring it out. Because going back to, I didn't, I didn't have a family member who could point me in the right direction. I didn't have um, friends or you know friends of friends who were in the entertainment industry. So it was a lot of figuring it out on my own and, you know, falling on my face numerous times and getting back up and saying, okay, that way didn't work. Let me try this way. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate when I see other people going through that simply because they don't have the information and they don't know, um, or they don't know, they don't even know where to find it. They don't know the questions to ask because I just remember being out here for, I was probably out here for like a couple of years when, you know, a couple light bulbs went off and I was like, well, had I known this information or had I even known to ask this question, I would have saved so much time. So acting, of course, is a passion of mine and it's it's completely what I want to do and it's who I am. Um, but also helping actors and sharing, really sharing what I've learned with actors in hopes that it could help them is very much part of what I also want to do. It's also a passion of mine. So, yeah, um, I started working with Stage 32 as a mediator, and I asked them if they'd be open to me doing a webinar with them, and they were amazing and completely on board with it. And we created this thing, and here we are, and now we're going to do it. It's uh, it's scary because I'm like, I've never done this before. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, on a, it's on Saturday, March 7th at 11 a.m. Like you said, you didn't have anybody out there to help you. This is all trial and error. And, you know, you're doing the one thing that, you know, I always say that people should do, and it's always passing it on because passing things on and passing on knowledge just helps everybody grow. And, you know, people that are listening in, I mean, this is for everybody, you know, actors who are just starting out, you know, established actors who are looking for different ways and avenues to, you know, uh, you know, reinvent and vitalize their career and many other things. And, you know, you're going to be touching topics about a lot of different things, um, you know, from social media and tips and tricks. And of course, a Q&A. Now, the Q&A probably has to scare you the most, right? Because that's right there on the spot. <laughs> you know, um, I'm more okay with the q and I'm totally like, all right, what, what questions do you have? But yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I completely understand you asking that though, because okay, first off, I was not terrified of it, but now I understand that there could be fear associated to this. Because if someone asks a question and I actually don't know the answer, I'm going to feel like a fraud. <laughs> I don't think anybody would be thinking that. I, I am, I am confident, one hundred percent, that you're going to just wow everybody. You're a sweetheart. Thank you. I hope so. I, I hope so. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, there. You, there's ways people can register. There's early bird discounts, and that's Saturday, March 7th at 11 a.m. Um, but there's a lot of things that you've been part of, including, you know, also, uh, you know, suspense, radio thrillers. What is it like working on something like that? Oh, my gosh. Um, so suspense literally just came about. A friend of mine is working on the um, 
on on the radio show, and he was telling me about it, and he was totally talking it up, and then I went to go check it out, and this is very cool and creepy and, like, film noir radio show, like, you know, like those old radio shows, and it's really fascinating, and they have great production. Um, so my friend introduced me uh, to to the producer of it, and, and we literally just started – talking about working together and we're going to be working together in a couple weeks to film an episode and I can't wait. Um, so yeah, and he's, I think he's still writing the script. Like that's how, that's how very much in the, in the new stage it is. But, um, yeah, but I, I have worked on a couple of different, uh, radio shows, uh, recording like VO or anything like that. And it's fun. It's interesting. Um, it's very different than working on camera just because so much, of your performance, not only so much, all of your performance needs to come out through your voice. So every, like, if your character, if your character is running, you really need to have that coming through your voice. It needs to translate simply, you know, because people don't have the visual. So it's fascinating, and it's, I love it. Oh, my gosh, I love voiceover well well that and you know one it, it really helps your you know get your acting skills down because you are just relying on your voice but also come on you get to go to work and you could probably wear sweatpants and it's a lot more comfortable yes and who doesn't love that right <laughs> like, oh man <laughs> as long as there's like no cameras you are good to go <laughs> well, you know, and working on, you know, like you said, with suspense, radio thrillers, you know, that is some fantastic things because, you know, I, I that harkens back to the days of the old time radio shows, as well as the late 70s, early 80s with the C CBS Radio Mystery Hour. Um, some really great things out there. So I'd be excited to, you know, hear this, you know, once you finally complete this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I seriously can't wait. And of course, I'll be sharing it and everything. Yeah. So excited. Thanks for, thanks for asking about that. You know, now in looking at many different things you've done, so all over the board, from voice work to seminars to, you know, television shows, do you have anything in the works um, up, uh, up ahead that we haven't touched based upon that you can let us in on? Or are we just going to have to keep our eyes and ears open? Oh, my God. Well, I, I feel like I always have something that I'm definitely working on. Um, well, let's see. I... Uh, I co-wrote a feature script called Bachelor at Weekend. It's a dark comedy, which is currently in pre-production. Um, so we should be filming that actually, should be actually later this year. So I have that, and I'm also in post-production on Confessions of a Bartender, which will be in vain of Confessions of a Bittersweet Actress. Um, and then I've, I've also, I've written a couple, a couple other scripts that are right now in meetings with. And yeah, I feel like I, I feel like you really covered it, though. <laughs> well, you know, with that said, you know, I guess with all the fans out there from everything you've done, and of course they'll be able to watch you on "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," you know, coming up tomorrow, as well as "Girl Meets World," and all of your fans out there. Do you have any lasting words for all your fans out there for Cheryl? Um, uh, just thanks <laughs> for thanks for the support. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, talk about a variety of different things. And I know everybody out there is going to be able to catch you, you know, for, of course, all the Disney fans on Girl Meets World, as well as on It's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So, you know, I'm excited to see more of Katie Hart and, of course, more of Jane Ponderosa. And uh, you never know, maybe I, I might end up uh, popping in on that acting seminar to see if I can break through as an actor. <laughs> Yay, thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was our pleasure once again having you stop in, and you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thanks so much, Jonathan. Again, D-Heads, and welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. As always, let's begin. This week in Disney history, we start out in 1888 with the founding of a very important city, the city of Marceline, Missouri, which is the future boyhood home of Walt Disney being incorporated. Located six miles south of U.S. Highway 36 on Missouri Highway 5, the Disneys will arrive in Marceline in 1906 and stay for about four years total. Moving on to 1914, Disney animator and director Ward Kimball was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Kimball is best remembered as one of Walt's nine old men for his contributions to such classics as Fantasia, Pinocchio, and Dumbo. 
1924, Disney's first Alice comedy, Alice's Day at Sea, debuts in a handful of East Coast theaters. The combination of live action and animated film features a young Virginia Davis playing Alice and has been created almost entirely by Walt himself with a little bit of assistance from his brother Roy. In 1932, an sorry, administrator and Disney legend Frank Wells is born in Co Coronado, California. In 1937, Bobby Driscoll, the voice and model for Peter Pan in 1953's Disney classic, is born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He also appeared in such live-action Disney features as the 1950 Treasure Island, playing the role of Jim Hawkins, and 1948's So Dear to My Heart as Jeremiah, as well as the 1946 film Song of the South as Johnny. In 1954, film director, producer, and actor Ron Howard is born in Duncan, Oklahoma. Moving on to 1959, actor Eric Bloor, the voice of Mr. Toad in Disney's 49, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, passes away in Hollywood, California. In 1963, actor Brian Batt, who played, who in 2001 played the role of Lumiere in Disney's Broadway hit The Beauty and the Beast, is born in New Orleans, Louisiana. In 1968, actress Moira Kelly, the voice of Nala in Disney's 1998 The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, is born in Queens, New York. Many TV fans will recognize her as Lucas's mom from One Tree Hill. In 1971, actor Jay... Jack Davenport, known for his role of Norrington in both Disney features Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, is born in Suffolk, England. In 1980, I'm very excited about this fact because this one comes literally from right down the road where I live. Singer TJ Fantini, a member of the Disney Channel's The All-New Mickey Mouse Club, is born in Belleville, Illinois. In 1983, the Journey into Imagination attraction, presented by Kodak, officially opens at Epcot's Future World, starring Dreamfinder and Figment. In 1991, Walt Disney Pictures releases the action-adventure Shipwrecked. In 1994, at the 36th Annual Grammy Awards, the song A Whole New World from Disney's Aladdin wins multiple times. Song of the Year goes to the song's composers Alan Menken and Tim Rice, singers Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell win for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group of Vocal. Menken and Rice also won for Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media. Also, Best Instrumental Composition Written for a Motion Picture or for Television goes to composer Alan Menken for Aladdin performers performed by various artists. And also... Best Musical Album for Children is awarded to producers Alan Menken and Tim Rice and various artists for Aladdin, the entire original motion picture soundtrack. Also in 1994, Canadian actor John Candy dies while on location in Mexico during the filming of Wagons East. The Toronto-born funny man was the voice of Albatross Wilbur in Disney's 1990 animated film The Rescuers Down Under and also co-starred in the 1984 live-action movie Splash when it was first released. Candy also recently recorded a large amount of material for a turkey character named Redfeather, who was supposed to be Pocahontas' sidekick in the Disney feature film. Although executives perceived the character to lighten the tone of the film, the turkey was later down the line replaced with the characters Miko and Flit instead. Also, John Candy appeared in the 1993 co comedy Cool Runnings, distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. In 1996, the Hilton Head Resort in South Carolina, a Disney Vacation Club resort property, opens. Hilton is a five-hour drive from Disney World, and the resort is fashioned after a 1940s hunting and fishing lodge. In 1997, the number five locomotive, the Ward Kimball, which is named for the legendary Disney animator, is dedicated at the Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. 
Moving on a few years to 2003, Epcot features the final performances of Tapestry of Dreams coinciding with the end of the 100 years of magic celebration. And also in 2003, here's some good warm news amidst all the cold dreary weather we've been having. This week in 2003, Disney World's Blizzard Beach Water Park opens for the season. Moving on to 2004, Roy E. Disney and Stanley P. Gold held a SaveDisney.com briefing and reception for shareholders of the Walt Disney Company in Philadelphia. This occurred the day before Disney's annual shareholder meeting, and the rally drew approximately 800 people. And also in 2004, later that evening, Michael Eisner, Bob Iger, and the Disney Board of Directors met. Eisner offers to resign, but the board opposes and instead agrees to cede the title of chairman to George Mitchell. In 2005, Disney releases 1942 classic Bambi for the first time on a special two-disc DVD. The original soundtrack is also released on CD. And also in 2005, the premiere of Disney's live-action film The Pacifier takes place at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, California. In 2006, the soundtrack to Disney's high school musical reaches the number one spot on the Billboard Chart 200 for the first time. In 2007, Dr. Honeydew and his assistant Beaker, characters from The Muppet Show and Disney's first roving machines, entertained visitors at the California Adventure. Disney's newest Living Characters initiative are free-ranging and totally independent. In 2012, enough cannot be said about this next fact, Disney legend Robert B. Sherman one half of the prolific, award-winning pair of legendary Sherman brothers passes away at the age of 86 in London. And we end this week in Disney history D-heads with 2014 when Disney's Frozen won Best Animated Feature at the 86 Academy Awards held at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. Well, D-heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something maybe you didn't know. Have a great week, and see you real soon.
Hey, this is John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story Trilogy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. I think I'm ready. Out the window. Let's go. Here's what I'm thinking. Coming to Disney Channel. If it was your world, Maya would have you on the subway already thinking you put something over on me. But you didn't. You're right here. How long do I have to live in my father's world? Until you make it yours. And I do, will you still be there for me? Right here. Be here for the premiere of the new family comedy series, Girl Meets World. Coming to Disney Channel. All right, OVD heads, so I am back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It has been a fun ride, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented Cheryl Texera for stopping in here with all of you. We love watching you on Girl Meets World. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and remember, she does have that acting seminar coming up this weekend. So it was a fantastic time having you stop in, Cheryl. We loved having you stop in, and you are welcome back anytime. And D heads, you know you're going to be seeing a lot more of Maya's mother on Girl Meets World. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you to the D-Team of Aaron and Nathan stopping in here once again and giving you their signature segments. Without them, there would be no show. And if you want to connect up with the D-Team, you can always do that on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Drop them a line. They don't bite. And connect up with the D-Team. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Thank you for tuning in. You are the reason we do this show every single week. You are the reason we feel so humbled and honored to bring you that magic from your lifetime of Disney. So thank all of you, the D-Heads. Now, before I let you go and let you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, our lifetime of Disney player, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPod, your iPad, your phone, your Android, just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search Diz Radio or Disney Blue and get the latest show right there in your mobile device as soon as they air. So, all VD heads, with that said, we have all kinds of fun lined up next week because we are taking you back to a cult favorite, one that is truly one of my favorites. I loved reading the books, I love this animated film, and it gets lost many, many times. You may be asking, just what is it? Well, it is one of them that has one of my top five favorite Disney villains in The Horned King. Did I give it away yet? Yes, we have the man behind Gurgi. You may know him as John Byrne from The Black Cauldron. John Byrne is going to be stopping in and talking about Hollywood Squares, the sitcom Soap, as well as being Gurgi in The Black Cauldron, stand-up comedy, and many other things. He has a lot of fun things on the horizon, and John Byrne is going to be stopping in here and taking that trip down memory lane with all of you D-heads. So, all of you D-heads, as we get ready for show number 103 next week, it is going to be a fun, fun weekend, and as I always say, take that time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, take it easy, and I will see you online.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.